What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Bray, the podcasting coach here. And in this episode, you are going to learn how to use digital marketing to build a community of raving fans. I'm very excited about our guest who joins us in this episode. He is the co-founder and CEO over at Bad Rhino Inc., a full-service social media marketing agency based in Westchester, Pennsylvania. They've won several awards for their work, and they have a lot of clients ranging from specialty food, craft beer, restaurants, golf, real estate, staffing, technology, fitness, nonprofit, Fortune 500, and major league baseball players, as well as several other small business categories. So our guest has served quite a wide range of clients, and you do get those clients by building a community of raving fans, which is why we're going to talk about that in this episode with none other than Marty McDonald. Marty, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. It's great to be here, and uh, I love your show. I'm really, uh, really excited about this one. Marty, it certainly is a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success, and we are talking about such a vital topic because you do need to have that audience to make a sustainable digital business because people think about the digital business. They think about the lifestyle. They think about just more choices that they're able to have, but you do have to have the audience of raving fans to make all of that possible. So I'm wondering if we could talk a little bit about your start with Bad Rhino and how you were able to build that up into what it is today. Absolutely. So I've been doing digital marketing for since what feels like the Stone Age, so almost 18 years. Started out as a hobby, became a, a well-paying hobby, and then eventually became the agency. And one of the reasons we were able to start so fast back in, in 2010, late 2010, was being able to call on people that we knew and actually be able to develop the brand Bad Rhino relatively quickly because what it was, was my partner Rich and I were able to capitalize, so to speak, on good relationships we had to get the word out. So just like you said, like everybody talks about all those things when it comes to owning something digital, right, and having a digital business. But ultimately, you still have to interact with people in some way, shape, or form. It's just the mediums have changed. And we are lucky enough to have uh, quite a few really good relationships that would help us just get started and get the word out. So that's what it's all about you know, in creating your community or any community online for your business or for your personal brand is you have to be able to connect with them and then you have to deliver something of value that they're going to use in their business or their day-to-day -day life. So when we started it, that's the purpose that we had is educate people about digital marketing and helping companies you know, go out and get their social media kind of right and get started in there and actually generate an ROI. And Marty brings up a very big keyword, which is relationships. There's a lot you could do on your own. Like you could create a lot of content. You can do the keyword research, get a bunch of people. But when you make the effort to build relationships, that is when your brand really catapults to the next level. So I feel like there are so many people who maybe they're just getting started. They don't know who to connect with. And then when you see a big name person, it can feel a little intimidating to approach that person. So with relationships being so important, what's your advice for people to being able to build relationships with people who can help them get those raving fans? 
<laughs> so the first rule I always have, whether it's in-person meetings or online, is don't be an a-hole, right? So <laughs> that's A number one, right? That's so a good one. <laughs> just, just be cool, you know, and just, you know, interact normal. Like if it's somebody that you're trying to get, say, for your podcast or trying to work with and you're intimidated about reaching out, just talk to them like you would a friend and you'll be surprised. Sometimes some people are going to blow you off and you can't control that and that's okay. But other times when it's just a one-to-one -one type thing, just reach out and start talking to them like you would anybody else. If you're doing it in, in mass, like you're doing video or anything like that, it's important to relate to that target audience. You know, if you're given a piece of advice and say simple, like say you're a plumber and you're saying today, I'm going to show you a simple way that you can save money. So you're talking to all these people, but you're only talking to homeowners or somebody that's making a simple change in their plumbing business to add on a service or anything. So you're showing them how to, but you want to talk to them in a way that is, you know, just normal. And it's just, you know, a matter of fact, and that seems to always play well. And I think one of the beauties of the internet and one of the beauties of social media is it's level the playing field for people to have those interactions with people that you would never meet uh, in day-to-day -day life. And I think when you do that in a way that is normal and just you're authentic about it, it comes across so much better than trying to be fake or somebody you're not just trying to make a buck or trying to sound like you're the best thing ever that's out there in whatever service that you do. So just be authentic. And like I said, just go back to rule number one, if you're ever wondering, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what to do. And if you want to be contacted in, in those ways, you know, and it irritates you, don't do the same thing to other people. And you'll be amazed how fast you can grow if you're authentic and you're providing some sort of value out there. And I really like how Marty mentioned, just treat them like you would treat your friends. And there is personalization that you can do. One of the people who I had on one of my virtual summits, he sent me a Red Sox cap. I'm a big Red Sox fan. So that's the whole idea behind that gift. But really have a personalized approach. Think of these people as friends. I feel like there is too much of a tendency to just think of these types of relationships as business relationships where there's not really a way to go deeper. And that's the part of digital marketing a lot of people don't think about as much because it's more networking. It's more of this strategy has been around since the beginning of time. But what people think about more when it comes to digital marketing is the social networks, is the content creation. And one of the things that a lot of people struggle with, I feel like everyone does to a degree, is this balance between content creation and content marketing. So mm. how do we do the balancing acts? Like, do you recommend we spend more of our time on the marketing side to get people? Or do you suggest we spend more time on the content creation side so that people stick around longer? What's, what's your thoughts on this balancing thing? Great question. Um, so it is a balancing act and it's exactly that. You want to have a balance. You can't just sell, sell, sell all the time or constantly talk about the nuts and bolts of whatever technical skill or expertise that you have. You'll bore people to death. So you want to come up with a combination of things. Um, like you have like different things throughout your podcast and they're labeled in different episodes. I'm sure you spend time planning that out. And that's what I talk to many uh, businesses about or solopreneurs about when they're starting off and they're saying, okay, how do I do all this content? I'm like, all right, well, start off with a month and figure out in a month what you can do first off if you're just doing all this stuff on your own. So if you're doing it on your own, figure out what you can do. 
And if it's a video a day or like three podcasts a month or something like that, then start there. And as you develop that, you want to interject things that are pieces of your personality. So if you're on, let's use one of the channels for an example to illustrate the content um, versus like entertaining content. So let's just use Instagram. So if you're constantly posting about your business, but you don't interject like a picture of you traveling. And I'm not saying like being all fancy in front of a, you know, a jet that you quote unquote, um, you know, bought (laughs) or whatever. What I'm talking about is if you're just walking around town and doing something that you like to do, even in this whole COVID mess, you know, just take a picture of it or take a selfie of it, or you don't have to include yourself, but Hey, you can say, Hey, going for a walk today. I really enjoy being out in nature time to time. People start to like that because they see the human aspect of it. So then after you get your first month done, you want to then go back and take a look at where the engagement is. And I'm a big data guy. I don't rely on guesswork and everyone is a little bit different. And then find out, even if you have a small audience, you go, wow, I got 15 likes on the the one that I did for the walk, but I only got like four likes on, you know, the one that I did for my business and then start to combine the two. And then the second month you add in more of a strategic way of doing that. And then once you have that in for about three months, about 90 days, take a look at the whole 90 days and start to think, all right, how can I interject my personality into what I do? And then you come up with those neat little things where now you're on your walk And because that's what you like to do and be outside and you're talking about your business. People relate to that more, especially now. They don't want to see somebody always sitting behind a desk and a microphone. There's a time and a place for some of that. But at the same time, interject some of those things. Like for me, I like to play golf. So I'm going to put pictures of golf. I like to listen to music. So on my Instagram stories, I might share music that I listen to. But then I also have a business side to it. And I'll share my podcast episodes or I'll share other episodes like this that I've been on just to get a feel for it so people know what I do. But they also know that, hey, he actually has a life. And the personal side, that is very important. And I feel like it is easy for people to go too much on one extreme where it's all personal and no business and right. it's, or it's all business, no personal. You do have to talk about the business to get your sales, to hype up your products, but the personal side, I mean, breakthrough success, for instance, we talk about entrepreneurship. We talk about how to grow your business. I am by no stretch the only podcaster that does this, but there is this personal aspect where some people will come to the show because they just know who I am They like my style. And if you have that personal touch, like how Marty mentions the golf, and I've only been recently getting into that sport, so I love that you brought up golf, but (laughs) it's the personal side that you really do have to include. I do feel like there are some people, though, who they think they won't have a good picture or something like that. Uh, because you see some of these Instagrammers who have like hundreds of thousands of followers, you know, it's their full-time thing and they go all in on the pictures, but how do we just be able to just not think about having a perfect picture and just get it out because it's good to do a personal post, but it's not like that's the main segment of our business either. Right. So like it it becomes, that's why I said like, you have to like do it for a consistent amount of time and then you might change some things, but you pick that time frame, that one month or even a couple weeks and get a feel for it. And what you're comfortable with is what you should do at first because 
people overthink it and it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done and pushed out there. We all fall in the trap of, is this perfect or not? How does this reflect on me? Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And you go through that whole head trash type of stuff where you start to make yourself freeze on it. Everybody goes through that. So the faster you can get through that, the better off your content is going to come across as authentic, which is awesome. And you made an excellent point about when you're doing your sales, people buy from people that are like them to a certain degree. Like it'll relate, especially if it's a service or if you're selling consulting services or if you're, even if you're selling something that's a very unique type of physical product, people start off like gravitating towards people they like, they know, they kind of understand. And that can really help you get started and moving forward. If you're more established, what you have to do is balance a little bit. And then people will say like, you know, if I ever see you again, Mark, I'm going to ask you about your golf game, right? I'll be like, oh, I remember when I did your podcast a while ago, how's the golf game going, right? And it, it becomes a conversation rather than this one-way street of, hey, did you get my email? And hey, did you see my Instagram post? And I just posted a YouTube video and I can help you, you know, do this in your business or I can help you do that. It becomes something of, hey, how's it going? What's going on? And it becomes very easy. You know, I've worked with some large communities and we've created large communities and the feedback we always get shocks a lot of people in that <clears throat> they say, you know, hey, what's going on with this or what's going on with that. And they're really interested in hearing where the ROI is. Right. And I'll tell them like your ROI is you have, you know, I'm just making numbers up here. You have a thousand people that open your email every day and they're like, yeah, but it hasn't translated to sales. And I'm like, okay, but now we can segment that audience in the, that and give them more of what they want because they're obviously interested in what you do. And then the other, other piece is the overarching, the other 5,000 we have on that list we have to really start to massage some of your outward, you know, content. And they look at me like, huh? And I'm like, well, it's a process. And sometimes people are so impatient with the internet and going online and I'm going to be a zillionaire in five minutes, yeah. you know, and it gets in your way and you have to really just analyze the data. And if you take the time, cause you made some great points just a few minutes ago about without saying like specifically how to get sales, Mark just gave you a little bit of a secret like just a few seconds ago before I started rambling on again. And if you go back and you listen to that, it's exactly what it is. It's like you start to talk to them and then they come around, they know you and then bang, all of a sudden with that thousand people that you really just narrowed down, you give them more of you and what they want from you. And next thing you know, it becomes easier. Then you take that data and you redesign your whole content and then you really start to move really fast. It's very, very fun to watch. It's very interesting to do what we do, but it's also a process. And I think people forget that you have to put it into a process that you can manage, then that you can also analyze the data you're getting back. And I love what Mari brings up. People will buy from people who are like them. And it's similar to how we were talking about the golf. And obviously it's not going to be golf for everyone. Like everyone's got their own different set of interests, but at business events and just in general people like the conversation, it's, Oh, how did you grow your podcast? Uh, how did you get started? And it's conversations like that where I'm used to having the conversations and I enjoy having them. But when someone brings up something like a golf or a running, running, I've been doing a lot more, it really opens a different type of conversation because it is something you're passionate about, much like how 
Marty's passionate about bad rhino and I'm passionate about breakthrough success. You're, it's something you're passionate about, but it's something people ask about you ask less when talking with you. So it does allow the other person to open up a lot more. So definitely pay attention to people's hobbies. Marty, you earlier mentioned an email list and you talked about audience segmentation, which is a great strategy for just getting more engagement from your email list. But I do feel like we should talk about filling up the email list with people. Like what strategies would you recommend for that? Because the email list, a lot of people say it's the most valuable asset in any digital business. Absolutely. I would agree. And just to finish up on that last thing is when you're creating that content to Mark's point, if you went to a party and that you were talking to a person and somebody was just constantly talking about their business and nothing else, you would get bored of that. And that's kind of like how you kind of judge that content piece and thinking about it is people want to know other things about you and it's easier to talk, talk longer. And it's more memorable to talk about golf or running or whatever it is, but email lists. Yeah. You have to own your list. You have to own the platform and the people that you have on it. And I don't mean that in an odd way. It's just, you own the information that you can contact them. You can work with them almost instantaneously. People forget that there's a lot of noise out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those places. And to cut through that noise is very difficult. But if you have them for text messaging, or if you have them for email, you have their, their audience for a minute or two. And if you're emailing, I'm a big fan of emailing almost daily. Um, it doesn't fit every single business, but I think the more the merrier. Yeah. And again, you just, you keep segmenting that list. But if you have that list, no one can take it away, right? It's not like um, if Facebook shuts your ads down for some reason or puts a pause on them or they're in review, you're kind of like stuck. Or if Instagram just deletes your account by accident even, and that's happened in the past and <laughs> they just can't recover them. Um, but those types of things, you own those. You can own your email list. It's an asset to your business and to your personal brand if that's the way you're going with things. So keeping an email list, having multiple touch points for people. So as you build that email list, they might find you on Instagram or they might find you doing a podcast or on YouTube. Then get them to that email list where you have them and you have at least a minute of their time that they're going to glance at your email because it's huge just to keep top of mind. Be like, oh yeah, I really like that Mark guy. He's got a great podcast. I just got his email. Let me check out another episode while I go for a walk or I go for a run or hit the gym. And it keeps you top of mind. And when you can get a really good relationship via email, even if it's a small list, I know people that are doing very well with just a few hundred people on their list that they can sell to and work with and they communicate with them. It's simple as that. Like, Hey, here's my new video. And then their video views go up. Here's my new product. They start making some sales. So it's important to have that because you own it and you can control it. And we know about the email list and you own that audience. I feel like that's been something brought up a lot because any social network, any platform, they're all great, but they could realistically pull the plug on you at any time. But the email list is something you own. And Marty brought up a really great point. There are some people who have hundreds of email subscribers who do better than people who have hundreds of thousands of email subscribers. And I've seen this in, I've been part of a whole bunch of affiliate competitions and in one of those competitions, the guy who won just had a few hundred subscribers and everyone in that group had like tens of thousands or even hundreds <laughs> of thousands 
of subscribers. So while it is good to have the big audience size, it's even more important to meaningfully engage with that group to really segment them and really create the best experience you possibly can from day one. And a few hundred subscribers with the right marketing is more than enough to hit any income goal that you have in mind. And Marty, yeah, I Mark. You, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I would just say like, I'll, I'll even quantify a little bit in 15 years of really focusing in on email marketing as part of services and, and studying it and having my own list as well. Um, it's about 500 and it's not that hard to attain. It does take a little bit yeah, of time, really but it's about, about 500 is where, and I'm talking about 500 people that open your email multiple times and then might engage or click a link. If you can get to that, I mean, it's like game on for just about anything you want to do as long as you have something of value. And that is just a matter of being top of mind, as we mentioned already. Marty likes to send out emails as close to daily as he can. I like to send out at least an email a day. And obviously, it's different for each industry, but you should really make it a point to get in front of people as often as you can. That's why I do the podcast. That's why I have the YouTube. That's why I'm doing the blogs. And just being in front of people, that's going to be the most vital way to build on that no like, and trust factor. 100% agree. And on the note of building no like, and trust, I mean, there's just so many different ways to do it. And a big part of that, again, is getting people to the email list. And there are so many different strategies for building an email list. I'm wondering, you have one strategy that you always go to when you get a new client who they want to grow their email list, they want to grow their audience. Is there one signature strategy or tactic that you always go for? So it's a combination of two and it's, it takes a little bit of, of work to get set up, but once you have it set up, you're good to go. And it's a combination of uh, Google video ads and Facebook marketing and the remarketing between the two. Um, I won't get too technical other than that. You mm -hmm. can look up what remarketing is and all that. So basically, if um, I had a podcast and I was like, wow, I want my podcast audience to be similar to Mark's, just since we're talking, I would look at what his content is and come up with something that I think his audience might like. And then I would create short videos that would hopefully be the pre-roll to his videos. <laughs> mm. And there's just trying to catch their attention saying, Hey, I, you know, here's my podcast. My name is Marty and this is what we do. And like try and catch their attention in the first five, 10 seconds. And I know if I can get them to watch 30 seconds, that'll be really good. And then having the remarketing kind of work through Facebook and give them something of value upfront, say, Hey, this is my uh, 10 steps to building a community or getting started with developing your content, you know, download it here. And I'm just asking for an email, something as simple as that. Um, we'll get the ball rolling for just about anybody, but I would highly recommend doing a paid strategy that is super, super targeted to the people that you want to have on your list. Pay it is a really great way to scale it up. And especially when you do have that proving concept, it does take a ton of time, but once yep. you have it, you could just keep rolling in the ad spend and then getting even more money back. So paid is definitely something you should learn. We've talked about it a little bit on the show and I'll just do some digging, find some episodes and I'll pull, pull those in because Google and Facebook 
advertising. Those are all separate episodes. Uh, but in any event, Marty, this has been such a great episode. We will be linking to Bad Rhino in the show notes. Do you want us to go anywhere else to keep following all the great work you're doing? No, just the link there. We have a blog there. We have a podcast and we have a, a recent update where we have all our videos and everything going out on our website. So you can find us all there. Well, we will definitely have that link available in the show notes. Breakthrough success listeners. Make sure you check out Marty, especially if you enjoyed this episode. We always appreciate you guys for listening to the episodes. And Marty, thank you so much for joining us on this episode today. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate it.